0: It in the, the little
1: this ball from e to perform. I am currently being lectured by April Blackford on getting silicone spray. Writing that down silicone spray. So if you hear my squeaky chair, that is what you're hearing. And hopefully, next week you will not hear because I will have silicone spray. April, did you want to say hi to everyone? Hi, everyone. So if you're listening to this on a podcast, awesome. You're one of the four people doing that currently. Um, and uh, we also do these on YouTube. I'm sort of joking. We we actually do these mostly for members because members were saying that um, they like to be able to watch and listen to the webinars, but a lot of times they aren't able to go to YouTube. And so we were like, well, you know, why don't we just publish these to, um, you know, various... Podcast directories, iTunes, SoundCloud, things of that nature. And so we have a few episodes up. Hopefully, people are enjoying those. Uh, What we talk about every single week is uh, well, and then I'm showing off my new fancy glasses for April. Um, But what we talk about is that we're sitting here, myself and April. Um, with a panel of E4 members, and what we're we typically talk about a theme, but sometimes we'll we'll take a few questions here and there. We found that the theme tends to go a little bit better. Let's see. Uh, somebody's asking a question. I want to make sure. Okay, so I'm getting compliments on my glasses so far. So if you in, just in case you are only watching iTunes or listening to iTunes. Basically, I kind of have like a Buddy Holly look going on. Um, but these are these are reading glasses. These are not my actual glasses. So people are like, oh, my goodness, he's not wearing his glasses. And, like, I don't actually have glasses. I just wear reading glasses when I'm reading the computer or um, doing coaches' calls during the day. So that's actually one of the things that uh, – April and I, April's actually the, the leader of the pack of our group coaching program. And we have, I think we have five teams right now, um, certainly four teams and kind of a fifth mobile team um, that we take. Uh, you know, it's sort of like a premium level of Eat to Perform where we, you know, kind of work with clients a little bit more. Um, in-depth, kind of a good accountability type tool, so that's kind of a fun thing. So we're actually, these webinars and, and go-to meetings and stuff like this, we, we do these most days, and it's kind of becoming second nature to talk into a camera. Um, so what I wanted to talk a little bit about was uh, working through injury and working um, when you're sick and then also plan being your workout. And so I'm gonna start with plan being your workout. Is there anything, April, that you wanted to bring up before we sort of get rolling?
0: No, I think we're headed in the right direction.
1: Okay, so um, let's start with plan being your workout because I think one of the things that happens for people is they sort of get tied up in this mentality. And to a certain extent, I think what what the real problem is, is that whether you're looking at it like this or not, there is an element of earn your food to working out, right? Especially before Eat Reform because, you know, we sort of walk people through um, why that approach isn't, the best approach. and that's why I'm kind of talking about this topic right now. So I'll give an example that I use this weekend. When I do my long endurance day, i I typically do them on Fridays, but um, I actually have a backup plan, and the backup plan is to do it on Saturday. <laughs> Um and people go, well, you know, why would you have a backup plan? Well, there's a lot of factors that can go on that you know you don't consider. Um and you know, for a lot of people, real life happens. And so if your kid, you know, calls home sick and you plan to leave at two o'clock, you know, you're screwed. Um last week it was raining. Um, we had sort of planned to go to a movie with my daughter and I. We weren't able to get out the door until 1.30, 1.35. And by the time we got home, it was 4 o'clock, and it's been getting dark here around 6 to 6.30. Well, you know, the plan was to run 18 miles, and so, you know, 18 miles is not going to take me two hours, and then I'd be running in the dark, and... You know, One of the things that's shocking, by the way, um, when you start running, and especially if you're running on sidewalks and stuff like this, is how often you have to avoid cars. I mean, it is unreal how often cars hit you or try to hit you because um, people aren't paying any attention at all to like anything. Um, and I do wear headphones, so people could say, well, you know, if you didn't have headphones, you'd be better off. I mean, I can point to three or four situations where headphones didn't make a difference at all. And, uh, you know, a lot of times people are just looking at their phone, not paying attention, and then they almost hit you. Um, Charlie Nagel saying, uh, by the way, congratulations on your um, deadlift medal, Charlie. Um, but she was saying, try biking in New York. And uh, yeah, I mean, like doing anything in New York seems crazy to me. I started, um, I
0: started even, walking, even walking.
1: Yeah, I mean, when we were walking around in New York, you know, you have to be have your head on a swivel the whole time. Um, so what I did was I said, well, okay, you know, I'll just go ahead and, and do this on Saturday. Now, I will say one of the things that, is sort of important to this discussion is that you should really try to do it on Friday, right? And really kind of find ways to talk yourself into, you know, making sure that you're keeping your commitment on Friday because, you know, if it becomes easy to talk yourself out of Friday and then just do it on Saturday, it's going to eventually become real easy for you to talk to yourself, talk yourself out of doing it on Saturday too, right? Right and so the nice thing was that when saturday happened um you know we you know i was pretty serious about it because it's it's part of a commitment in my life and i think that um having those types of commitments with some level of flexibility i think is fairly important um what are your thoughts on on You know, do you have any strategies that you do? I mean, you're pretty rigid, right? I mean,
0: Um, I'm
1: I'm fairly, fairly,
0: but I've, I've had to readjust my whole, you know, routine and let go of a little bit of the rigidness um, since my house has been on the market. Um, obviously I went through one agent and then fired them and have a new one now, but it's literally, you have to drop everything at the last minute or you know, rearrange plans, you know, you're dressed ready to work out, and then someone calls, you got to put it off. And, you know, so I've actually had to learn to make adjustments or, you know, not be quite as rigid. So Do you, do you ever do any workouts at your house? Um, I've tried. I actually have, am very well equipped to train at home, but I have a hard time staying motivated in a garage. Um, it's either too hot in the summer or too, too cold in the winter, and... It seems like I'm much, much weaker, and I don't push myself as much um, in the garage, so, no.
1: Yeah, you're trying to show off for all the bros at the gym. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, you know, it's funny because, like, I'm looking at um, my hip thruster, the Brett Contreras machine, like, right there, you know, and I think I've only used it three times, you know, um, and
0: – better get on that. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm trying to, you know, um, but I just I'm more motivated to go to the gym or to run than I am to work out in my basement. You know, Um, I do have I do have a squat rack in my garage. I have a deadlift platform in my garage. Um, Like you were saying, you know, living in Minnesota, sometimes it'll get a little cold. But I think that one of the you know, I want to head back to the thought process of, you know, really don't try to push things off because if you push things off, what's going to end up happening is you're going to end up pushing it off on that second day too. And then, you know, you're in a bad routine. So really try to, try to stick with your routine. You know, it's a commitment to keep health a priority, right? And so um, doing that, I think is, is a big thing. And when you look at, All the priorities in your life, you know, sticking to a routine is certainly going to be one of those. The other thing is um, when I do my long endurance type day, as an example, and really a lot of my workouts are like this, I don't go in with specifics in mind. I go in with general ideas in mind. And so my thought process was I was going to run 18 miles. Um, my backup plan was to row a marathon, and uh, I didn't do either of those things. Um, and what I did was, is on Saturday or actually Friday night, I started talking to my wife because you know I did, and actually it's in iTunes right now. But I did a um, a uh, podcast with, um, for the coaches course with Doug Chapman, who is Julie Fouche's um, coach trying to um, really like just CrossFit royalty. Right. And so, uh, Doug was talking about, you know, he has his athletes rock. Um, and it's really beautiful here in Minnesota right now. And so I thought to myself, well, that, that sounds like an interesting thing to try. No, it was, it was sort of funny. Um, Five minutes in, um, so basically, if you aren't familiar, Ruck is, you know, I don't really truthfully know. I mean, I got a little better idea. I'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But um, the basic idea is that you're hiking sometimes, like, when you are testing in the armed forces, there is typically a time limit and a distance limit. And so uh you know I think I saw something like 18 miles in four and a half hours which I have to say if you're doing 18 miles um in four and a half hours and then the second part is you have a weighted pack on which is 45 pounds man I'm gonna tell you you're moving you know um and because we were we were really just kind of hiking with a with a weighted pack we ended up you know, it was right at four hours. We ended up doing 10 miles. But uh, just just so you know, it was pretty funny. What's interesting is I've had a few conversations with people and they're like, oh yeah, I've totally walked with a weighted pack before. And I'm like, 45 pounds? Like, really? Because 45 pounds is pretty heavy, you know? Um, I don't think the good majority of people are walking with 45 pounds. We did actually see a guy um, doing what looked like a real ruck where he was kind of, you know, not, he didn't look like he was jogging, but he was moving at a pretty brisk pace and he had a gigantic pack and absolutely, I believe his pack had 45 pounds in it, Um, but I don't think the good majority of people, you know, you you know, if you throw a sleeping bag in there, you know, something of like that, it's still not 45 pounds. 45 pounds within five minutes, seriously, my traps were lit up. I mean, they were they were like feeling it right from the beginning. And I thought to myself, we just better turn back. Because I do a fair amount of long endurance. Um, but my wife doesn't, and so I was thinking to myself, you know, she's going to really struggle if I'm struggling right off the bat. But then I thought, well, you know, maybe my, you know, traps will, you know, lighten up a bit. Um, I don't know that they did necessarily, but what we did was, is we took opportunities where um, every thirty minutes we would take the pack off for like a minute or two and then kind of get rolling. And then on every hour, we would kind of have some food strategically. Uh, One of the things I've been trying to do, I talked a little little bit about it with my long endurance last week was um, adding more food into the equation and feeling better as a result. I felt great. My wife was like a trooper. I mean, her HRV on both days, she actually... One of the problems that I'm having right now is after my long endurance day, I have trouble sleeping. And it could be some combination of more food, but I think it's just like pain, <laughs> you know. And so, like, I'm a, I can be a light sleeper at times, and so if, you know, I'm in a little bit of pain, it sort of wakes me up. But what was interesting about it was is that I think I took, like, a little nap, um, you know, the the very next day, which was a Sunday. But I wasn't really, like, super tired. You know, my HRV was, was pretty good. I think it was, like, 84, and it was green. But, I mean, I felt, like, my whole body felt it, you know. Um, and actually, what I've started to see is that my HRV is – sort of delayed. And for those that don't know, I'm talking about heart rate variability. Um, all of our group coaching clients just got their HRV um, uh, monitoring finger kits. And so basically you put it, it's like a EKG that you put on your finger and it measures the variability of your heart rate and also measure, measures your resting heart rate. And so this morning, my resting heart rate was was pretty good, but you know my body was still kind of. I, I felt good, honestly. I think I probably could have worked out, like if I didn't have. Um, I mean, this is normally a rest day. Normally, it goes Fridays long endurance. Uh, Saturday is uh, Saturday is a rest day, but I kind of you know we'll do some hiking, walking type stuff. And then Sunday is a workout. So I switched it up where Sunday was a rest day, Monday's normally a rest day. So I have two days back to back and I'm expecting that you know I'll feel pretty good going into tomorrow's workout. Um, I mean, do you well you don't really do a lot of long endurance, but are there any issues with with sleep that, that you'll see with some workouts and such?
0: No, I actually, you know, some people generally like can't train later in the day because they actually get kind of ramped up after exercise. Um, Mm -hmm. I am one of those that, yes, no, I am one of those that it doesn't matter what time I work out, 10 o'clock at night, noon, I need a nap. I need a nap. I, I sleep fine. You know, I sleep. It actually helps me sleep. Um, you know just because you just feel tired and, and just worked in general um wasn't a tell you you know you you must be trying to give me some ideas for my hiking trip this weekend I guess I need to put what like a 45 plate in my backpack um so Vicky did 30 pounds so 30 um, you did 30 pounds so 30 pounds and maybe about 10 pounds worth of snacks so
1: <laughs> I'm just telling you like don't do it. Cause
0: wow, I you know I love brutal workouts. I love the, and see the rucking would totally be up my alley. The running, trying to dodge cars, no, definitely not.
1: Did you? Um, I mean, you're talking about going thirty miles.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: If you, it, <laughs> we, we will be. You'll be calling me from the emergency room.
0: I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna have to do it, and I'm gonna do a video journal of it. <laughs>
1: Oh, it would be awesome. It, it would be – I'm just going to tell you, like, you really don't know until you know. And I'm just telling you, it, it's 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 hard, you know. Um,
0: generally, you see around here, um, because I live in a military town, there's a lot of guys who – that's like a traditional. They have to, to rook, like, every week, you know. And they're, I think their packs are generally, I think, are around 50 pounds that they have to carry for yeah. – you know, miles at a time. I think they generally will do a couple of short rucks during the week and then the long one on the weekends. So during the week, it'll usually be like three to five miles and then the weekend would be a longer. Well, I felt like it really highlighted to me that, you know, I
1: still have, I mean, one of the nice things about testing your fitness in various ways is that you get to figure out where your weaknesses are. And so, um, I don't think my weaknesses are in my traps. I think my weaknesses are in my shoulders. And so, um, the fact that, you know, my shoulders could be a little bit stronger is what was highlighting, you know, um, the trap issues. And so, um, uh, we did find out ways, you know, to kind of relieve, like I said, we stopped. We weren't super diligent about, you know, pace and, and things of that nature. But I will say, um, you know it it might be my go-to thing at some point because i did like it a lot more than running you know and we live in or near a park that is sort of the size of central park you know in new york um but it's all woods and hills and stuff like that and so it's a it's a real good place for it but probably more important than any of that is not what, what I like, but what Vicki likes, you know? Um, and she, um, really liked it. You know, she thought it was a, a was a good workout. Um, I, I think what a lot of people, you know, I know we're, you know, we'll get back to sort of plan being your workout. Um, but the idea here is that one, I was supposed to work on it on Friday to, um, uh, I was supposed to run or do a row, and then I ended up doing a, a ruck, right? So, being flexible is sometimes fun, right? Because we, th- you know, we thought to ourselves, you know that w- that would be a good thing. Um, in terms of HRV, what I'm seeing um, fairly consistently, actually, is that sleep is probably a bigger factor than just about anything, and Um, you know, just judging strictly on heart rate variability and the ability for people to recover. We always talk about sleep, um, being a big deal. You know, I'm getting some indications that sleep's a bigger deal than food, you know? And so I think that that's interesting, which is also interesting because when you talk to people, Right. Often they will say, you know, I'm sleeping a lot better now that I'm eating an adequate amount of food for what I do. And so, you know, it, it ends up kind of working on itself in layers,
0: um, which I think is- I actually agree that sleep is probably, it's as important, if not more important than the food. Um, I know for me, I generally keep a pretty strict schedule in regards to sleep. and. If there are days where, which I haven't gotten my HRV yet, but if there are days where if I'm short on sleep, like I normally average seven, seven and a half, and if I get five hours and I have to get up, my my husband usually gets up around five in the morning and I'm the good wife and wake up, you know, with them and go ahead and start working, even though we're both so tired, we normally don't even talk to each other. Um, but if I'm short on sleep, my heart is actually racing whenever I wake up, you know, so it's, you know, it's not like you're waking up calm, relaxed, and recovered. You know, your body's stressed because it hasn't gotten enough sleep.
1: Maybe if you brought in that Celtic spoon, you know, <laughs> he would want to communicate with you more in the
0: morning. I start stirring his his coffee with the spoon.
1: Yeah, this morning I actually had, um, I don't know if you've seen in the meal planning group, but people were talking about those aeropresses. And so I was out of coffee and we were using the AeroPress when we were um, in Grand Marais, which worked out really good. I mean, like, I could not recommend that thing more. But I was out of coffee at home, so I ended up doing it. Um, we didn't actually have a, a, a tea kettle. Um, and so I was able to warm up the water a little bit more. Holy cow. You know, that was awesome. Like, I mean, I might actually do that more mornings just because it was that good. So
0: I need yeah, I- I need to break mine back out because I actually had ordered one of those years ago, back when we were in the original Facebook group together. Because you love yours, a little, little.
1: No, it's it's different than that. It's like a press. What, somebody in the meal planning? Um, I know what you're talking about because I used to. What I used to do is it was like a Cuban. Well, I think it was actually an Italian espresso maker, but um, they're very popular in Miami to make um, uh, Cubanos and, and, you know, what a cafe con liches. Um, so I think the Cubano is basically like espresso with sugar in it. And then the con leche is espresso with milk. Um, but both are really, really good. Um, I mean, like just thinking of whether or not I'm going to go to Miami Um, that, that is one of the things that sort of calls to me, um, but I I think when we're talking about, uh, working out, you know, oftentimes if you have a plan and you have something that's similar, right. My goal was four hours. Um, you know, and Fitbit doesn't like rocking by the way. Um, so, you know, if I had done four hours worth of running, as an example, you know, I would have burned 25, 2,800 calories. I think I ended up burning like 1,700 calories or something like that. Um, so um, it's not registering the weight. Um, the, your heart rate doesn't, you know, my heart rate really didn't spike up very much. Um, I'm sure sometimes when I went up hills and, and things like that, it, it was. But I think really sort of the point being is that when you get a chance to do something fun rather than just work out, don't ignore that. View that as an opportunity, you know. Um, I remember recently uh, it was a workout day. And my daughter asked me if we could go rock climbing. And so instead of going to do my regular weight set, I ended up, you know, going rock climbing and had a blast. Just loved the heck out of it. And so I think for a lot of people, you know, they sort of want to get into this routine and keep to the routine. But if you're if you're doing something active, it's not like you didn't work out, right? You know, so in in the case of of the ruck, even though it might not have been 18 miles worth of running, it was certainly hard, exposed some weaknesses. And what what it really did more than anything was show me that, you know, I could have another thing. You know, we're getting to the point where um, it's almost wintertime. So there'll be some opportunities for cross-country skiing. I'm not very good at that. Um, you know, but like anything you want to get good at something, you know, keep, keep at it. Um, the other thing is we have snowshoes and so snowshoeing, the problem that you run into with some of these things when you're kind of doing long distance, you know, you gotta be really careful of overheating and sweating and wearing too many layers and stuff like that. And so, you know, sometimes, uh. You know, that can become a factor. You know, it's easier, obviously, to control the conditions when you're running on a track or, you know, rowing in a in a gym or something like that. So, um, so I, I would encourage people to embrace kind of different type workouts. Once again, you know, uh, even if you looked at, like I said, you know, a typical CrossFit workout, you know, even weightlifting three to 500 calories, 18 miles would have been 2,500 calories. That's five days worth of working out. Even if you discounted a little bit of what the Fitbit's, Fitbit's saying, it's still three and a half days worth of working out because I was able to do that much time. And, uh, you know, if I can convince my wife, you know, it's always easier to adhere to something when you have more people counting on you doing it. So, if I, you know, I'll, I'll honestly tell you, if my wife says, you know, um, you know, she wants to make this a habit, this is the new habit. I would drop running in a heartbeat because then two of us um, are are doing it, and so it might be kind of a fun thing, you know, here in the Twin Cities to have a meetup and have you know have everybody do it because it, it it I thought it was a pretty good time. I mean, it would be nice to. Um, You know, once I've got a few weeks under my belt and try and get a little pace going, you know, that might be interesting as well. Um, Any thoughts before we move on to the the next topic?
0: I just want to say that that's a very smart decision. If Vicki wants to make it a habit, then it needs to be done. (laughs) Because a happy wife is a happy life. (laughs) Well, I think that, you know. But it it also gives y'all the... the the quality time together, which is, you know, you, you can't get that,
1: you know, you know, like the first three hours was quality time. Let me just tell you about that last 15 minutes though, because here's what happened. So I'm a big believer in this. And actually it'll be a good segue into the next thing. I'm not a big believer in making artificial goals for no reason. Right. And so one of the things that Vicki doesn't know that I know is that you're more susceptible to being hurt when you have less food and you're at the end of what you're doing. Right. And so it got to a point where we were pretty close to 10 miles um, and right at four hours. And she was like, well, let's just we were supposed to eat. She's like, well, um, we were supposed to eat or put down our pack. I can't remember because it was like three and a half hours. So I think it was just put down our pack and grab a little, little something. Um, She's like, well, why don't we just keep going? I was like, well, cause that's not the plan. The plan is, you know, to take off the pack. You know, we've been doing great with that. You know, she's like, yeah, I know, but you know, we can get to 10 miles in under four hours. I'm like, who gives a shit? You know what I'm saying? Like, who cares if we get there at four four hours and 15 minutes, you know, it it wouldn't make that big of a difference. Um, But she talked me into it. I ended up doing it. But truthfully, I didn't, I didn't like doing it that way. Um, And I probably would drag my heels a little bit more because what's the value in getting hurt? You know, what's the value in not doing the plan as you intended it? Because part of it was supposed to be Fun. And truthfully, it's not fun to me when we stray too far from what the plan is because I feel like, you know, you're more susceptible to getting hurt and um, not enjoying yourself near as much. So that's something to think about as you're doing it. But, you know, in general, I, I will say, you know, I felt it in weird places. You know, like my patella tendon was a little sore. Um, right at the top of my hips, um, was a little sore and inflamed, like just places that you wouldn't think, I mean, I would have never, if you, if you gave me like the 10 things that were going to hurt, I would have never like the trap, my traps would have never made the top 10, you know? Um, but having another thing that you can both enjoy, and especially from a long endurance, it's kind of hard to find long endurance stuff. You know what I mean? That that you can, because I go for a four hour hike, you know, even longer hike, but I mean, it's not, that's not a challenge, you know? Um, I mean, it's just to me, that's just like burning calories, you know, um, to do a four hour hike with 45 pounds on your back, your body's got to adjust to that. And so if I could do that more often and then maybe go from 10 miles to to 12 miles in a four hour period and stuff like that. I think, you know, my shoulders would respond to that favorably. I think that in general, um, my body would be better off. And so, you know, it's not that I won't go hiking. I mean, we, we like to hike. It's, it's something that we enjoy doing, but this was kind of different. And so when I look at my long endurance, I look at it from a challenging standpoint. Now, you know, you guys might be different, right? And so if you're new to all these things, you know, I mean, April thinks that she can just strap on 30 pounds and go 30 miles. I'm just saying, it's, it's going to be harder than you think, you know. Um, so moving on from there, let's talk a little bit about um, injury. And once again, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we brought it up in the, uh, podcast with doug chapman because he talked about crossfit games athletes and crossfit games athletes getting hurt and you know obviously we're a big fan of eating an adequate amount for what you do and doug was saying that you know he always gets concerned about his athletes not eating enough and being more susceptible to injury as a result and, I, you know, he had, you know, Julie Fouché was one of the um, the athletes uh, that, you know, works underneath Doug. Um, I went and visited those guys in February. Julie was super sweet gal, um, very nice to my daughter, um, you know, was just really, really nice to Mike and I. Um, but I did say at the time to both her and Doug that, you know, Um, just from the looks of what she was eating, there were some additions that that could be made. You know, what role, you know, food played in her recovery and things of that nature, you really don't know. But I do think that a lot of these uh, CrossFit Games athletes, and we even see it with Danny occasionally, where, um, you know, it seems like, you know, I mean, when you're working out a lot, sometimes you don't always feel like eating, right? And so you've got to be very conscious about planning that type of stuff. And oftentimes, I think that, you know, these athletes mentally, they're just so much stronger than regular folks mentally. And that will bring you farther than a lot of people think. But if you had that mental capability and also had food, you'd be more susceptible to not only get better, but you wouldn't get injured as a result, right? Once again, I'm not saying, you know, Julie got hurt because, you know, who knows, you know. Um, what I am saying though is that if you're eating an adequate amount of food, you're less susceptible to that kind of thing. And I think that that happens in some small way for all of us right where whether it's sleep whether it's food whatever it is you become more susceptible to being injured or sick when your routines aren't good when your sleep patterns aren't good when your food isn't um inadequate you know amount uh i think that to a certain extent, quality of food does matter there. I think that you know sometimes you can kind of get into a little bit of a rut. That said, if you gave me the option and you said, this person can't eat the best choices, should they eat less or choose bad choices for a few days? I would probably say eat an adequate amount of food that isn't super optimal and just try and find opportunities to have a salad, have more starches, you know, things of that nature. What are your your thoughts on that discussion, April?
0: I absolutely agree that obviously if you're in a situation where You know, where you don't have very many food options, you know, rather than avoiding food, eating what you can to get an adequate amount. I do also highly agree with the quality of food um, on the prior topic, Um, you know, that when someone trains a lot, getting a good amount of quality food is very important just for for the micronutrients, I think, are, you know, really good. Also, whenever you're sick, I think that, you know, the micronutrients help a lot as well.
1: The thing about micronutrients that I don't think a lot of people factor in is that micronutrients are much, for instance, if we're talking to someone about performance focused fat loss phase, right? And we're putting someone through eight weeks, one of the largest arguments for mostly whole foods in that scenario is obviously that, you know, it fills you up. You can kind of get away with fewer calories but you know, you're going to need to have those foods for micronutrients. When you're eating, let's say, 2,200 calories um, as opposed to, say, eating 2,700, 2,800 calories, micronutrients isn't as big of a concern because you will get more micronutrients just from volume of food. And so, that's something to think about when you're talking about, you know, um, uh, when you're talking about, you know, going through a period where you're trying to maintain, you're trying to thrive, you're trying to get better at working out and things of that nature. You know, if you're normally working out 2,800, but you have a longer day and your calories are 3,500, so you end up eating more for that day. And... Maybe you were only able to get in a salad and the fries had were cooked in oil and all the things that people worry about. It's really not that big of a deal when you have used up those nutrients through exercise. So that's something to think about in terms of micronutrients. But in general, I think, you know, micronutrients, you know, from salads, from protein, you know, all these different things, because usually when you're... You know, especially if you're eating stuff with fat, fat's going to have a lot of vitamins in it because that's essentially where, you know, a lot of this stuff is going to be stored for the animal. And so you'll end up, in, then, you know, in terms of absorption to your body, fat plays a pretty important role. Um, and so, uh, you know, one of the things that I like to do is I like to have a strategy earlier in the day where I'm getting in good amount of of micronutrients. Um, If I don't have like say a salad at lunchtime, I'll always have a salad even if I'm having a starch. A lot of times we'll, we'll often advise people to have their starches away from their fiber just because of uptake. I don't always concern myself with that. I guess the best way to say that is I prioritize micronutrients over uptake of glucose, right? So I'd rather get vitamins in um, than lose a little bit of optimization related to you know, uptake of glucose into your muscle or whatever. Um, in general, your body sort of figures out this stuff no matter what when you're eating an adequate amount of food. Now, when we talk about eating an inadequate amount of food, this is one of the arguments that we always make um, for you know having an adequate amount of calories most of the time is that your body is more easily able to figure it out. If you're constantly asking your body to do difficult things, you know, it's, it's going to ultimately kind of have this down-regulation effect Hormonally it's not going to be super positive. So if you're only doing it occasionally, no big deal like as an example today um, My calories aren't super high. It's a rest day, you know, ate pretty freely this weekend um, Oh, I did want to, to talk about that um, for a couple of minutes um, at some point But um, any any thoughts on what I'm talking about there April?
0: Um, I agree with you. I actually was going to say that I agree about the um, having the majority of your vegetables with your fats earlier on in the day because your um, your micronutrients are going to be better absorbed with the fats. The vitamins will be um, better absorbed, so it's actually kind of very smart.
1: Yeah. Like I said, I don't always do it. I will prioritize um, vitamins mm-hmm. over – True. Sure, what was I going to talk about? The uh, – <laughs> Can you help me? What was I, what was I talking about right before this? About, you were talking about you
0: ate fairly freely over the weekend, so today you didn't eat as much.
1: Yes. Okay. So what I wanted to talk about there, because I'm, I'm just going to bring it up, and then we'll talk about you know, being sick, and then we'll just shut it down after that. I do a lot of the marketing with two other people for Eat to Perform. Um, almost all of our marketing to get new clients happens on Sunday and Monday. And what's interesting about that discussion is that people don't often think about what we think about naturally. And when you think about it, people, if you look at the days that people don't really buy eat or form all that actively, they're Thursdays, Fridays, and to a certain extent Saturdays. Okay. Why is that? Well, because they're not consciously thinking about their food intake, you know, and in fact, they're probably just enjoying themselves on Fridays and Saturdays. Then what happens? People go, Sundays and Mondays, gotta get things in shape. Hey, I've been hearing about this Ethan form. Sounds like a good thing. Boom, they sign up, okay? So most of our marketing dollars are spent on Sunday and Mondays. You go, well, why is he telling me this? You know, I don't need to know this marketing information. Well, it's also the day that people freak out on slot the most, right? On Sundays and Mondays, You know, and you always hear it and it, you know, every, the last couple of weeks I've been thinking about talking about it and for some reason I just haven't. Um, But just because you bought Eat to perform doesn't mean that you're not going to still want to eat more flexibly on the weekends, right? And that what we often see is that people are still struggling with that what I always hope that we have an effect on people is that is not to give them ways to navigate it, which we do a little bit, right? But to understand that that's the way life is, you know? And so if you're not, you know, part of the idea with eat and perform is that the good majority of the time you're eating a good amount of calories, you're doing awesome stuff right? You're eating an adequate amount of food. So, so then you can go for, you know, hikes and, and things of this nature. Um, and I think a lot of people look at it, you know, kind of the opposite of the way that we look at it. You know, when I, when I think of eating, I think, oh, you know, if I, if I, uh, have a little bit more food on a Friday night, then, you know, my hike on Saturday is going to be better. Right. And so a lot of people, don't think like that because they kind of eat food from a punishment standpoint or, you know, restriction standpoint. So one of the things that we really try to impress upon people with Eat and Form is, you know, since you're supposed to be eating normal the good majority of the time, don't trip out about, you know, Fridays and Saturdays. Yet people still trip out about Fridays and Saturdays. And I feel like, um, one, you know, you have to decide, you know, what's your priority. And, and we would make a strong argument for activity. I mean, when you look at people having progress, seeing results, you know, what I hope you hear from April and I on a weekly basis is that work matters greatly. And so when you go, well, you know, you know, scales up, feeling a little fluffy or whatever. Right. And it's Sunday and Monday, tell me what work you did. Right. And so, cause like one of the things that happens for me, especially on my long endurance days is you get sort of depleted. Right. And even after you have food, it's not like, you know, you go to bed like shredded. Um, and oftentimes, like even going into the second day, my my body is still sort of adjusting to, you know, kind of the beat down that it just took, right? And so, um, but usually on Monday morning, you know, or, or Sunday morning, depending on when I did it, you know, that's when I'll look my leanest, right? And, um, but you know, make no mistake about it, you know, I mean, the good majority of the time I'm eating an adequate amount of food. I'm eating fairly freely on weekends. So if I feel, you know, like, you know, not as tight as I might normally be, or, you know, maybe my abs aren't showing up like they normally would. Um, I know why, right. You know, um, I think the key is: can you allow yourself to enjoy life, right? And then realize that okay, you know, I can buckle down. Like like I said today on Monday, I, I knew you know, um, I ate pretty freely this weekend, you know, and thought to myself, well, you know, we'll just make sure we kind of get, you know, eating relatively normal on Monday, not using, like, you know, I'm going to intermittent fast for 24 hours or do some other, like, really super extreme thing because, you know, you had a hamburger on Sunday night, you know. I mean, I'll just go ahead and tell you. So on, on, uh, on Friday night, my wife and I go to this pizza place fairly often, okay? Um, did not eat an extreme amount of food on Friday so the amount of food that I ended up eating on Friday night um, actually just kind of evened out for what I probably should have eaten for Friday. So it wasn't like one of these days where I was kind of, you know, over um, the amount of food that I should have eaten. Um, on Saturday, as an example, we, you know, we did the long um, ruck or whatever, and uh, we ended up going out to have Mexican normally saturdays is not a big going out night for us we wouldn't necessarily um, have a lot of food lot of calories um we did that night um partly because of the amount of work that we did um and then sunday we were with family and then uh my brother you know, asked what we were going to do for dinner. And I was like, well, you know, let's just do Chipotle. Cause I know I can do Chipotle in a fairly responsible way. He goes, well, why don't we just have hamburgers instead? And I did almost think to be a party pooper. And I was like, no, that, that sounds awesome. Let's do it. You know? And so it was a little bit out of my normal routine. And, and I gotta be honest with you guys. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a routine guy, you know I like to be able to um, you know if if for instance the night before you know we ate a little bit out of the box, had a little bit more calories on Sunday was a rest day certainly wouldn't be a day that I would normally have you know a lot of calories um, but at the same time, you know some level of flexibility happened and so today, you know um you know, I, I haven't eaten an extreme amount of food. Before the webinars, I always have a steak. Um, I have, you know, a salad. Sometimes I'll have mashed potatoes. We didn't have mashed potatoes, so I didn't really worry about it. Um, and then, you know, after this, I'll, you know, have some kind of des- dessert, typically, you know, some kind of cereal with protein or something like that. Um,
0: you know, I think, our, I think our weekends were identical, um, but the funny thing is, is that, like, for me, Friday, I ate a whole pizza, like the whole thing. <laughs> of course, it's gluten and dairy-free, so they're a little bit smaller. They kind of jip you on those, but it's about, like, a 10-inch pizza. I ate a pizza, and then Saturday, I ate a whole lot of ribs. And, you know, Sunday, I ate Moe's, and, you know, and my husband picked up this jelly bean game for my son that you spin the wheel, and it goes to a color, and you either get... It's like a mystery where you either get juicy pear or booger flavor or you get, you get, there was one that was, um, you
1: filled filled up on booger flavored jelly beans. Is that what you're telling me?
0: I got moldy cheese and I got, um, I got moldy cheese and I got skunk pee and something else. But anyway, so basically spending time with my family, same thing. I was, you know, fluffy, fluffy today, probably because I consume more fats than I normally do. But, you know, rather than me and you freaking out, you know, oh, my God, you know, my abs aren't defined today as they normally are. I went and did a crap load of squats today. You know, you, you put it to good use, you know, rather than, you know, freaking out and stressing over one or two days. And like what you were talking about, you know, in regards to the Sundays and Mondays, Sunday and Mondays are the freakout days. You know, I think it kind of boils down to some people trying to keep a rigid routine. And then when they go off of it, they tend to think that they just ruined everything. But also, you know, kind of like the the people that go on vacation, they they never weigh themselves; They hate the scale, but they'll go on vacation to an all-inclusive resort for nine days. And then as soon as they come home, they want to get on the freaking scale the day they come back.
1: But they right. haven't <laughs> themselves Hoping for the best when all the evidence was to the contrary.
0: Yes, yes. And, and, and you know, I always ask, why the hell did do, do, do not weigh yourself the day you come back from vacation? Especially when, number one, when you don't weigh yourself regularly. You know, but like me and you, you know, if you're fluffy, you know, I'm not going to get on the scale for a couple of days. I'm going to wait until Tuesday, Wednesday, talk to the I, woman again. You know. I don't,
1: I don't need that bullshit like weighing on me. You know, but I have to say like, can I ask you a question? Do you do you exercise when you vacation typically?
0: Um, it just generally depends like like this week I'm going to my in-laws and I will go to the gym. Um, Tom has a conference in DC. I will go to the gym there. I try to, but I don't I don't remain extremely rigid about it like on my normal schedule. Um, you know, I do improvise but I do try to get activity in.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty rigid about it. Like, like, if it's Friday and I'm on vacation, um, I'm still going to do 16 miles, you know. Um, I will say that in the last six months where I've been doing more um, long endurance type stuff, as my workability has increased, my body composition changes have been much more extreme like even since the granite games um my body is different i mean and and what's, what the good and bad of it is that it hurts like holy hell to do this stuff <laughs> you know I, I don't think that you know i mean even adding the food you know um, the food has definitely helped um, and that's only been a couple weeks but you know, as I started to go, go longer, I realized that I needed to have a little bit more um, intra-workout nutrition. So that's helping for sure. Um, but the amount of work and the um, amount of muscle, you know, I, I don't know. I, I have I've, I've been really trying to stay away from the body fat stuff because I have a body fat machine in my house. I try to stay away from it when the mirror is telling me a really good story like why do i need to know what that is you know i mean my my you know lats look bigger my traps are bigger my arms look bigger you know my my abs have more definition so why do i need to know any of this other information It's just going to you know mess with my overall progress level i mean the other night i ended up doing legless rope climb, and normally when I do legless rope climbs, I can do like three or four, you know, have to space them out, kind of get a little tired, I mean 100%, I mean just dead on. You know, um, I was doing 175 on bench press, five times five. I have kind of a bad shoulder. I don't tend to use that as an excuse, but to be able to do 175, five times five um, pretty easily you know, that's telling me that I'm probably over 200 now on my bench press, which has sort of kind of been this, you know, I've been able to do 200 before, but it wasn't always pretty. Um, and so I'm really trying to kind of progress into those, those levels. But it, it's funny. I wouldn't say that the running is making me stronger. What I would say is the resting is making me stronger. And what I mean by that is in the past – You know i've tried to um you know get in more volume in theory to get stronger and what i'm finding is that the running tends to allow for the rest of my fast switch muscle and things of this nature and just better recovery in general um the the last thing that we'll talk about, and we, we won't spend a lot of time with it because we're already past an hour. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to talk about was if you're sick, like should you work out when you're sick? And it sort of relates to all the things that we've been talking about this whole time is you're not earning your food, right? The whole idea is to show up at the gym at 100%, and you will get better. I actually think that that's what I was just describing just now, right? Because I am, you know, working different parts of my body at different times and therefore allowing for some level of healing and recovery that I end up being better. Same thing with, um, with working out when you're sick. Last thing you want to do is go to the gym. When you're sick and get everybody else sick so if you can you know um one like we're saying eating an adequate amount of food is probably one of the big problems that a lot of people are facing when they're sick all the time if you're not getting an adequate amount of rest that's going to be a big thing one of the things that i find i'd be interested to hear what you have to say about this Um, My guess is we'll probably agree because I always see you waking up um, earlier than I am. But I believe that waking up at the same time each day is one of the biggest gifts that you can give your body. Um, I'm not saying that you wouldn't sleep if you could, but I'm saying that if some days you wake up at 6.30 – some days you wake up at nine. Some days you wake up at eleven. And then some days you wake up at four. That ain't helping. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Um, your your body has a has an eternal clock, and having it on a set routine and schedule is is absolutely good. And when you like what you said, when you get up at different random times, I think that's why a lot of times, like night shift workers, um, you know, that have all the various trying to because, like my my mom, she's been a nurse for. 20 some years, and she's always worked night shift, and what she tries to do is, you know, she'll sleep a little bit during the day, not enough sleep, and then get up and go to work, but then when she comes home, if she's off the next day, you know, she she wants to hang out with my stepfather, so she basically tries to go back to a normal life, so a normal non-night shift worker, you know, and they generally will, will tend to have higher cortisol levels and things like that. I absolutely agree with you. I actually get up, I'm usually 5 o'clock, 5.15, Every day during the week. On the weekends, I still wake up at 5:30 to use the restroom. Like I get up, and I might lay in bed till six, but I still get up same time even on the weekends.
1: Yeah, it's sort of difficult for me to explain this to my teenage daughter, but you know she struggles with these kinds of things for the for the reasons that I'm talking about. Is that you know she undersleeps sometimes, then she oversleeps sometimes. And obviously that's like a big thing in the teenage world. Um, but when we are able to keep her sleep fairly consistent, you know, she's, you know, got a better demeanor and things of that nature. So I think that you always want to check, you know, are you eating an adequate amount? Are you sleeping? Are you waking up at the same time? You know, if you, you, are not feeling 100% you know there's no reason why you can't get in a longer walk rather than go to the gym trying to lift weights substandard now one of the things i will say my wife's a big believer of this sometimes you need to sweat it out i do think there is something to that i think that uh you know when you're feeling you know if you're feeling like 80 to 85% that going to the gym, getting good sweat on can be kind of the thing that sort of helps you get to the next level. And so sometimes just sitting on the couch and watching TV isn't going to be the big thing. I mean, one of the things that, you know, I've talked about a number of times, when uh, I first started doing CrossFit, one of the things that really struck me was when people would show up uh, after, you know, kind of getting injured and then they'd show up four days later and they'd just be working around the injury. I think the problem with being off of the horse for too long is that it becomes difficult to get back on the horse. And so you got to find ways to sort of stay where activity is still a priority in your life. But, the goal of exercise is to get better at exercise. It's not to earn food. It's not to, you know, you know I mean, it, it's kind of interesting because I do have a lot of family members. I have talked them into um, getting a Fitbit so they're more conscious of movement. But the problem is, is I can't talk them out of earning their food. <laughs> and so, um, I, you know, given the two choices, I'd rather than be more conscious of activity um and and knowing that on the days that they're eating more that they should be a little bit more active but at the same note you know, I, I really think that when you change your intake just from that standpoint of, of kind of that mental thing where um you're eating to you know perform better at exercise it's it's kind of a mental shift that makes a really big difference for people. I know it it certainly does for me. And then when you can do that, and then some days, you know, like I said, you know, if you have a day where let's say you weren't really tracking all that much, but you know, you only burned twenty three hundred, but you ate twenty eight hundred calories, you know, that doesn't mean that you can't give more effort in the gym. You know, the next day or two, you know, I know after this last weekend of having a good amount of food and then allowing some good recovery from the stimulus. I mean, once again, I I don't want to go too much longer here, but, you know, one of the things that I don't think that a lot of people account for. When I first started CrossFitting, um, I wasn't very strong and I started lifting weights and I was eating a good amount of calories you know, I was able to eat, you know, over 3,000 calories all the way down to 162 pounds. When I went to CrossFit, I started having to eat 3,500 to 4,000 calories just to keep up. What happened? Well, was I doing that much more? No, but my body was adapting to the stimulus. And so, therefore, I needed more food. Eventually, though, my body did adapt to the stimulus and i didn't need 3500 to 4000 calories and i would say right now on well, most days i eat somewhere in the neighborhood of 2600 to 3000 calories a day right and so keep that in mind that if you're new to exercise you might actually need more calories than you think i know that for a lot of people if you're coming from an undering background all of this stuff is sort of scary but The harder it is the things that you do, the more you're changing your routine, you might require a little bit more food to adapt to that. And if you don't, you won't progress, and you won't get better at exercise. And ultimately, what we're trying to do is reduce your levels of adipose tissue or your fat, and then increase your lean body mass. Well. That isn't always easy to do, especially for somebody that's been training for a while. And so trying to make sure that you're getting in an adequate amount of work, that you're actually allowing for a certain amount of stress that your body has to adapt to so you can then get better. So keep those things in mind as as we go. Last thing I'm going to say before we shut this down, I know I've said that a few times here. One of the biggest gifts that I was able to give myself – was I figured out that I controlled the switch. And what I mean by that is I controlled the switch on how much I weighed. I controlled the switch on how much water was in my body and, you know, what I ate and and things of this nature. And staying weight stable, I think, is something that is mentally freeing for people. Now I'll say – if you're a woman, okay, you got to allow for a 3 to 4 pound fluctuation one way or the other because that's just the that's just the way that evolution made that happen, right? It is. <laughs> you got you got a sucky deal there, but but as long as you're in that, you know, window, you're fine. And I think that, you know, Everybody kind of thinking from that standpoint of they control the switch, I think that is sort of liberating for people. So my dog is tired of me, and that's who who you're hearing howling in the background. So um, rather than picking up the dog howling in the background, we'll go ahead and shut this down. But I hope everybody appreciated this one. We try to cover a lot of ground, and I and, uh, appreciate everybody staying here throughout it. So... Talk to you later. April, do you want to say hi or bye? Good night, everybody. All right. Talk to you guys later. Man, she's like – she got really super whiny. Um, Oh, shoot. I stopped the other one, but I didn't stop the –